This is Two Girls, One Mike, the show that talks about the holes and plot holes of your favorite porn. Welcome to Two Girls, One Mike, the porncast that has done arguably less damage than gender reveal parties. I'm your co-host, Alice Vaughn, and with me is my gorgeous co-host, as always, the incredible Cybabe, Yvette Dontremont. Yvette, how are you doing today? Better than the people who live in the area near the gender fucking reveal party. It's like that is about an hour-ish away from me, and like we're we're surrounded by wildfires, but man, did they have to use fucking pyrotechnics to let people know that their kid had a vagina? Let's get honest here. These are sex reveal parties, and that sounds fucking creepy. Like, it's just, let us announce to the world that my child has testicles. Like, that's that's a weird thing. I remember a simpler time called the 1980s. I, you guys were you guys were there, I'm sure. Wait, Alice, were you born in the 90s? Uh, non-existent. Non-existent. Were you being baked in the 80s? Uh, no, not even. Oh shit! It's Sophia. Are you? Cl- I, I have no. We have a guest today, by the way. Sophia, were you uh, baking or alive in the eighties? Yes, no. I was very alive and aware of everything going on in the eighties. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah, it's like I remember a simpler time called the eighties when parents yeah. would ask a doctor to tell them what the sonogram said, and then they would get together with their friends, and their friends would give them uh, socially normative articles of clothing and accessories for their child instead of like blowing up a small piece of California to let you know what their genitals were. Can we go back to that? The only thing it revealed is that the parents are morons. Gender reveal parties are, here's what they are. They're an excuse to have cake. And I think that if you're pregnant, and I've never been pregnant, but I hear it's a time when you get cravings for things like sugar. So I think that you should just say, look, I'm a pregnant lady. We're having some cake. So you buy a cake and you invite your friends over. And when they ask you, what are you having? And they are expecting you to say a boy or a girl. You say, I'm having some fucking cake, Nancy. Leave me the fuck alone. I'm a pregnant woman. I'm having cake. On the bright side, at least now no one needs an Instagram filter. Everything sepia. Oh, my God. I woke up this morning. It was way worse. Like, not just a little smoke, but like there was a smell of burning in the air. It sucks. (laughs) Everything about this is horrible. So please don't blow things up to let people know what genitals your child has is all I'm asking. Oh, yeah. Let's introduce our wonderful guest today so that I can, you know, stop jabbering. (laughs) So we have adult performer and overall amazing, wonderful person. Some would even call her a humanitarian, Mm-mm. maybe, well, maybe humanitarian of the year. Wow. <laughs> Sophia Rose. Yay. Yay. We need like a little soundtrack, like, like applause, yeah, the applause. Clap for, yeah. for when we introduce yeah. people. I want, I want that as part of our show. Kane, get on it. The only thing that works is it, it's not clapping hands. It's clapping genitals. That's what works for our show. Oh, I want, or like the you booty. Did, yeah, I was just gonna say like, you didn't I, tell me I'm not in the right outfit. I could clap titties, I clap ass, <gasps> everything claps. <laughs> I'm just saying this is a video that we release on t- that gets uh, broadcast on Exotica TV. I, I'm just saying we could showcase that talent and get a few more people signed up for your OnlyFans. Wait, do you you have an OnlyFans? Of course, right? I have an OnlyFans. I, I feel like like I didn't want to assume, um, but I feel like that's, I you feel know. like. It's like one day Alice and I are going to have one and it's just going to be like us being like, and here's how you should baste your chicken. You don't have one. I feel like everybody has one for something. My day job is science writer slash communicator. And I, I'm just online all the time telling people, here's how you deal with the COVIDs. And like, I ha- so I have a Patreon for that. So you should get paid more for it. Right. So turn your Patreon into your OnlyFans. Everybody I know on Patreon has gone over to OnlyFans. Maybe that'll be the next thing. I, I'll be like, next, I will I will tell you about the science topless. <laughs> you know, if people will pay fucking more for that, I'll be like, my my barrier to entry is a dollar on Patreon. Over on OnlyFans, it'll be $10 and I'll be broadcasting it topless. <laughs> but there's plenty of people on OnlyFans that aren't doing yeah. sex work. So, Yvette, you could just go over there. All right. If you're listening to this and you also subscribe to my Patreon over on on. Sci babe, and you are like, yeah, I could go for some COVID news with tits out. Email us at, at info two girls one mic. Please, if you want me <laughs> to start an OnlyFans to talk about the COVIDs while topless, email me sciencebabe07 at gmail.com. You don't even have to be topless, though. It's I, there's so many people right, who are not don't. doing sexually related stuff, although it makes it more fun. But it's just, I mean, everybody's jumping on that bandwagon to even just do educational stuff, learning. But that's also what the platform's trying to gear towards. That's why they keep going after these yeah. mainstream 
people because you know they're going to kick us off this network or platform eventually. Exactly. If they don't, I'll be shocked and obviously happy, but we're expecting it. So what I'm getting at is, I mean, wear a lower cut tank top and talk about the Ah. same thing. You don't even have to totally get naked. And it's done amazing for me. So, and I mean, obviously I'm naked, but... I need to get on OnlyFans only for the sheer purpose of, so uh, the audience kind of knows this already, but I've been trying to take care of my feet lately. So I've been doing like those Korean foot wraps. Oh my God, I just finished one. The cheese grater. (laughs) Oh, uh, the enzyme pouch. The baby foot thing. I like to call it the foot garbage bag. So I've been both cheese grating and using the foot garbage bag on my feet. (laughs) So then I get like reptile feet and then I get like, free Parmesan. And I'm like, I want to share this with people. All right. If you're out there listening and you want Alice and I to start a foot fetishist channel for you in which we are cheese grating and continuously garbage bagging our feet. I'm not going to post consistently. That's my problem. I'll post consistently with my feet getting, I fucking love the the foot garbage bag. <laughs> I have OCD. And one of the ways my OCD manifests is that I like scratching at things, picking all the crap off my feet. Oh, that is a wonderful stress relieving activity. I'm a disgusting human. I'm sorry. I know I am. So, Sophia. <laughs> She's like, please let me change the subject now. <laughs> this is gross. Okay. I was talking to a mutual friend of ours, so Amberly Rothfield, mm-hmm. and she mentioned actually that you were a huge advocate. So, for marginalized models, who did you convince that they needed to do like the first BBW scene that they just weren't doing it? Brazzers or a hustler or? I mean, I don't know if I convinced somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Money convinced them ultimately. Money. Somebody, something motivated everybody. Um, yeah, I have been in the in talking to Reality Kings, Brazzers, Bang Bros to shoot a plus size model, and they had, you know, they have some have tried, some have tried and failed, some thought about it and didn't do it. They finally cast me in 2019, early 2019. I was super excited. Obviously, um, it was for one project for Reality Kings, and then. I don't know what happened. I all of a sudden was on the browsers platform. Reality Kings is obviously also owned by MindGeek. So I, they MindGeeked me. I went from Reality Kings to browsers, made this history <laughs> that created a lot of positive and negative feedback. <laughs> and then um, I have been shooting consistently. I just shot with them a few days ago. I'm hoping things are more history is going to be made in, in regards to browsers. So Yeah, I I don't know that I convinced them. I just think that I let my work speak for me, my reputation to speak for me. And this old fat ass got lucky. (laughs) That vibrant, fucking sexy ass got what it deserved. This is true. Let's call it what it is. I like to remind people that I am in my 40s. Shut up. I'm obese. And look what happens. And, and I'm trying to normalize bodies is all I'm trying. For anyone who's, who's listening to this on audio, fucking go to, where can people go to find you right now? Just because people need to see how fucking beautiful and youthful you look. So uh, Twitter, it's BBW Sophia Rose and it's with an F and I love Sophia Rose on Instagram. And then obviously my fan central only fans, everything else is I love Sophia Rose. Subscribes to I love Sophia Rose. (laughs) Oh, look, I got tickled. You just, you just subscribed. I get, I get tickled oh. when I get. Oh, baby. So anyway, um, I don't know how it happened. I honestly, like, it's one of those things, like, I don't know who over there decided to pick me, but whoever you are, if you're listening, thank you. Like, I am like just blown away and I've shot plenty times and I'm hopefully shooting plenty more. And they sent me a good, whole box good. of swag <laughs> that I'm actually ah! trying. I'm going to shoot in later tonight. And those, those things will be coming out soon. But the reason I'm excited about it is it was custom made for me. Nice. I feel a little special. <laughs> I'm just trying to normalize bodies, you know, normalize that, you know, not everybody has to look the same. And there's a lot of men in this world and women too, that enjoy a fuller figure, a large breast. Like it's just, I'm not in any way ever has it been my intention to condone obesity or an unhealthy lifestyle, but just acceptance of people, just like the trans community wants acceptance and the gay community wants acceptance. You know, people of size want acceptance too. 
Exactly. I think that for a long time, I mean, I grew up uh, much bigger than I am now. Mm -hmm. And like size comes, size goes, size changes in your lifetime. Mm -hmm. Like it's I at one point I cringed at this language. And then I I saw the way that people reacted to me at different sizes. And I kind of have adopted it a little bit. You know, people quote aren't fat. People have fat. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of, you know, different people have different views of bodies that they're attracted to. And instead of saying this is an attractive body, this is not. It's like, no, this is what some people are attracted to. And this is what other people are attracted to. And there's a range of it. And instead of just presenting one body type, present all the bodies. And that mm-hmm. way, everyone can find uh, what they're attracted to in porn and who they're attracted to in porn. And I don't, uh, I think the fact that we haven't been doing that or hadn't up until recently uh, or more recently is, is kind of done a disservice both to different size performers who want a place uh, in the industry and to people who are looking for that kind of performer. So I'm really glad that you're able to get out there more now. Yeah. And the thing is, is we have been just overlooked looked for so I've been in the industry since 2006 and I've been a solo independent performer this whole time I've been very successful the in consistently all these years and so I'm just was like why hasn't anyone jumped on this like this should have been done and I don't like to push the narrative but but it's what a lot of the girls within my community say well you're the right kind of fat I understand that that is still negative but we have to start somewhere yeah Mm. you have to open the gate somewhere and it can't be with what I consider, you know, an unhealthy, you know, when they're so morbidly obese that you can't function as a human, when your life and your quality yeah. of life is now impacted by your size, that is not something. So when you get a TLC show. Yeah, exactly. That's no longer something we should be trying to say this is acceptable because that is truly health. Now people say, well, what your, your size, your health. You're right. My cell, at my size, my health risks exist, but my health you can't look at me and say I'm unhealthy because I'm not. I'm very healthy. Yeah. Someone can't look at someone else and say by looking at them at, you know, within within certain ranges, you can't uh, look at someone and automatically go, your health is bad because of your size. Like Because you're considered obese. That's actually not true. I'm probably healthier than a lot of my more slender counterparts. And I, I know that to be yeah. true in, in a lot of cases. Oh, when I was uh, earlier on this year at, uh, what's it called, at AEEs, you were definitely healthier than the girl who was throwing up in the stall next to me. Right. Exactly. Oh, right. God, yeah. Right. So that's what I'm saying. Like, oh, because I don't look socially accepted that my size is considered unhealthy. And my whole like premise and my whole platform in in pornography has been to just accept that these bodies are still beautiful. People love them. People still enjoy them. It doesn't need to be fetishized because that's been the other. And we're not a fetish. I have so many diehard fans that I would, I would say I'm their ideal. This is what they want to date. I'm who they want to date. This is the body that they're looking for to spend their life with. That's not a fetish. That's a preference. That's no different than green eyes and and brown hair and, you know, whatever ethnicities. It's like, it, it doesn't have to be fetishized. And I get that people will do it. I understand that. Yeah, like there are people who are feeders and that that want to see someone bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's part of a, a psychology where they want to control mm-hmm. a larger woman. And it's like, that's not m- the majority of people who just have a preference. Mm-hmm. Is that what it's about? Controlling? Oh, that would make sense. It is a control thing. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not the vast majority, I would guess, of people who, you know, just like a larger body type. But like there are men who like the people who are attracted to like, you know, like there was one episode of my 600 pound life where the woman ended up getting a divorce at the end because she was very successful with, you know, following through after her surgery, uh, you know, lost all the weight. The husband was awful to her about trying, you know, getting the surgery, um, was just kind of a dick about her following through. And she ended up getting a divorce because he liked, like they met when she was on like, you know, one of those bigger girl retreats to meet men who were into bigger girls. And like, she saw her health starting to fail. She's like, I guess I can't do this anymore. And she liked being bigger. And there was, no, you know, there's nothing wrong with, with, you know. But for him, it was a control thing. Yes. Like for him, he liked okay. controlling what she ate, liked controlling that she was stuck. I've indulged in the fetish of the feeding. I've, you know, produced those types of films. And, and I don't mind indulging fetishes, but I don't, my platform and my advocacy is not to promote a fetish because I don't want us to be yeah. looked at just as a fetish. And, and in the 15 years ago when I started we were really just a fetish and we've come a long way and I don't have an issue with the, the feeders and the feedies. I do have issue when those type of performers like to try to attack me or bash me because I'm, I'm considered smaller, but Uh, I want to talk to those performers when they're in their late thirties and into their early forties. And I'm in well into my forties 
and their knees are hurting and their hips are hurting because of that weight and see if they're changing their tune to, oh, I guess I do need to maybe have gastric bypass now. I do have to have skin removal surgery. I knew I have to do things yeah. because I physically am in pain now for abusing my body for the last 20 years. Come talk to me then, because those are the girls that are bashing me now. Like, oh, you're smaller and you're Jesus. this and you're that and you're acceptable. But I'm like, well, why are you so hateful towards me? Because I'm not. Oh my it's God. so crazy to hear that there's people who are bashing you. The cattiness and the pettiness is very, very real. What I'm saying is I can't believe the internet. <laughs> people are dicks about bodies online. Tell me another. And it's in every direction. It's not, oh, you're too big. Now the bigger people will say, oh, you're just too small. You're this, you're that. You're, you're oh. big, but you're not big enough. Yes, you're, it's, I'm not oh. big enough. At one point I was plus size, but I was like on the lower end of plus size and I shopped at Torrid and like I got hate from like the bigger girls in there for shopping and having like the lower end of the sizes. And I was legitimately shopping in there, but like it was distributed well-ish, but like. And that's the problem with me. It's distributed right. That's why I'm the yeah. acceptable fat. You know, quote, problem. Uh, yeah. People get cranky at other people for having bodies that they're comfortable with because they're not comfortable in their own body for whatever fucking reason. And it's like, dude, don't take that out on the other person. Like, that's a you issue, not the other person issue. Right. So speaking of comfortability, uh, so studios, I mean, like, if you look at, like, if it, we've watched some, like, fucking porn from the 80s and 90s. Wait, we've watched porn here? <laughs> what? I know. Shame on Shocking you, guys. Who, who told you? What kind of girls are you? What kind of ladies are here? Don't tell my mother. Ones of loose moral oh, standards. Well, but, I don't know what that uh, makes my moral. What does that make my moral standards? <laughs> we are those loose and lascivious women that, uh, that your mother warned you about. <laughs> it's so funny how the, I quote, ideal society's yes. body yeah. type yes. changes over time. Over time, so, uh, culture to culture. Like it's, it's yeah, right? it's very interesting. I mean, look at who's popular now. Look at, you know, the biggest music video now, WAP. Compare that with the cokeheads of the 90s. That's what I'm trying to say. Early 2000s when Paris Hilton and her, I've never been to the gym, but ah. also I weigh 12 pounds is was popular. Like she just, not an ounce of muscle, not an ounce of anything on her. She just looked thin. Like the word thin is the only thing I can, rakishly thin is all mm -hmm. I can think. And I'm, at, I'm not trying to pick on her for that. I'm just saying that was the body type that people were aiming for early 2000s. Now people are looking for muscles and big butts and nobody gives a shit about tits anymore. That's not true. <laughs> okay. Let me, let me rephrase that. People are less likely, like tits are not the focus of all the things. Anymore. I definitely agree that ass is a trend right now, but I do think it is yeah. a trend. I've, I always say titties make the world go round. It does not stop. I mean, that just never really goes no, away. It no. just doesn't become the focus all the time. Because even in 15 years, I've seen it peak and decline and peak and decline. Yeah. Thank God I have a great ass too. So <laughs> oh, I have a question actually about your tits. You want to know about Tito or Little Pete? Which one? Uh, <laughs> Tito. I want to know about Tito. Okay. What about him? <laughs> Okay, so here's the thing. Me and Yvette are part of the Itty Bitty Titty Committee. Like, I compete with walls right here. So, Beast things. Seriously. Okay, like, it gets itchy because I confuse them with mosquito bites all the time. What I'm trying to say is I've seen people, because if I had boobs, like, specifically, you have, I think I read somewhere like 38K breasts. 38 double J, 38K, 42I, 42, whatever, whatever, bra, am fitting in. That sounds day. like a designation of television, like, like, model. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> 38K. <laughs> 38K is what's causing COVID to be transmitted. I know Sorry. it. <laughs> can we can we start that as a new conspiracy theory? It's the 38K tits. We know it. Oh, I love it. I'm going to oh start it. It's going to, my new URL is going to be so Sophia and 38K. Sophia's 38K tits are causing the COVID. That's actually maybe the cure. Just put your Can head in. Yes. The tits. Yes. That's what I want. Have we tried? Hey, everyone who's touched me hasn't had COVID. I'm negative. So maybe I have the cure. Hey, you know what? <laughs> technically, and as a scientist, I would know. Uh, but like, technically, we haven't ruled it out yet. All I'm saying is we need to get Fauci on this. Uh, <laughs> Does anyone trust him? Specifically, Does anyone trust what he has to say? <laughs> Fauci, yes. A lot of other people, no. <laughs> okay, here's a question. Have you ever, and I want to know, have you ever tried, like, smashing something with a boob? Yes. <gasps> Ooh, tell me more. <laughs> Sorry, I have no boobs. I don't know. I'm picturing a Coke can or a human head. Something yes, just human head. 
I, I slap people with my titties all the time. Does it leave a bruise? Um, I have never bruised anyone with my tits. I have with my ass. I've broken a nose, <laughs> but not, <laughs> not with my titties. Um, there's way too much fat and it's softness that it, I don't think I could really, it, I can suffocate you for sure. Oh my God. When my tit is on your face, if you inhale, it will actually go up your nose, like in the opening of your nostrils <laughs> and you won't breathe. So it really truly oh will. Cause God. there's just a lot of flesh. Think about it. Like it's just, and it's pliable cause they're real. So that it's pliable. Like, there it goes. And I'm like, okay, that's like suction cups on my tits. <laughs> One of the weirder things I've seen on the internet is somebody actually taking their boob. And I don't know if it was if it was genetically coded or gifted from a surgeon, but they took this tit and smashed a soda can. I've seen her do that and I've tried it and I haven't smashed it as well as hers, but those are gifted from a surgeon. The video I saw. Uh... Typically those are more dense and heavier than natural breasts. That's really but good to know. These do hang different and move different, obviously, which is how you can yeah. tell the difference. But I, I have not like fully crashed or scrap. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Crush or smashed. I was scratched. Was a com- combination of those two words. <laughs> scratched. <laughs> I like that. I'm going to use that. I haven't scratched. <laughs> Smash and crash or crush. Anyway, um, a can. I dented scrushed. it. Yeah, I dented it. Um, I tried to do the same thing with watermelon. That was definitely not happening. The watermelon wasn't even fitting. My tits are watermelons, so it was just not working. <laughs> I'm picturing you just taking a tit and swinging it to the yeah, side to like it, hit some. Oh, you're annoying. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing one over the shoulder. But I've never left bruises out. I, I just joke that I give people black eyes and I've never actually done it with my breasts. But yeah. That's really good to know, though, that implants are the ones that actually smash the soda cans. Now I'm trying, you know what? If you're a plastic surgeon, let us know what type of implant is better or worse for smashing a soda can. I wonder. And it has to be a um, a breast implant that's not like super tight because you know the ones that look like they're going to burst or the skin's about to rip. I don't think those, oh they have to God. be a little more pliable because they have to be able to like push that down and you know the look of the brand new ones that you're like, you can still see the bruising and the stretched skin and you're like, do those even move when you touch them? Like those always worry me a little bit. They look like they hurt. Yeah. Like they, I, I wonder like the times when you see someone filming when it looks like they haven't settled at all and you're like, are you recovered yet from surgery? Do, do you need like two more weeks yet to go? Because I think any touching of those right now has to be a little tender girl. I definitely don't know. <laughs> so, you're like, well, nah, these came from God. Yeah, no, this is just eating really good. <laughs> and you're so lucky you have natural ones because so no offense to anyone who has fake tits out there, but like you got to go under the knife once every 10 years. Yeah, that's the drawback. No. That's scary. It's scary. I had a relative who just had implant illness and had to have them removed. Oh, shit. And it's a real thing. That's scary. I mean, I, I am grateful that I have not had to have anything input in, put into my body like that to modify my body or whatever. And because that would be scary to me to have a foreign object in your body. Yeah. The funny thing is, it was uh, it was funny. My my husband, once upon a time, used to look at breast implants as being less invasive than Botox. And I, I don't think he understood what, like, how the, quote, healing process or how, like, you know, I'm like, one cuts you open, shoves a bag of shit into you, and you have to do that once No, every- they don't shove it. Have you ever watched these surgeries? They practically beat you up. Yeah. Like, I'm like, no wonder you're sore afterwards. They look like they're beating you up. Oh yeah, there are shove, 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 shove. It's not pleasant. I'm like, the other one is a fingernail. It feels like a fingernail doing this to you. Like that's all it is. And it costs much less. And it's immediate results. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah, I have to, a week later I look like I never spent a day in my 20s looking angry or confused. I want people to think I'm a stress-free 23-year-old when they look at my forehead and I am not. I'm a very stressed out 37-year-old. <laughs> Sophia, so you've been in the business for how long now? Since 2006. So coming up on my 15th year. Nice. So what would you say is, and I like to ask this question on sometimes whenever we have guests, what is the craziest shoot you've ever been on or funnest or worst? I'll take Eddie. Okay. I don't know if I would consider them crazy, but I started off as a femdom in doing fetish work. So if you're not used to those type of fetishes, it sounds crazy because I literally did a lot of queening and face sitting and, and making men my slave and you know, pissing on them and kicking them in the balls and stepping on them, trampling on them and 
keeping their breath from them, spitting on them, telling them they're garbage. Oh, typical Tuesday at this house. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, you want to be a man-hater, this this is the best job to to do it. Women out there who are very angry. It was an excellent outlet for my anger, frustration. You know, anytime I got in a fight with a boyfriend or whoever I was dating at the time, (laughs) man... My Little Slaves would just get it harder. And I mean, it made my films great. So I'm like going, yay, my films are better because you pissed me the fuck off. So, (laughs) Man, I got to talk to my husband about taking a side job. Be like, look, there are times when you annoy me and I need to take it out somewhere that won't hurt our marriage. Yeah. So now when I'm pissed off at somebody, I just fuck the next guy with gusto. (laughs) It's sort of a revenge. It's a revenge fuck in a weird way, I guess perks of dumb life. Yeah. So I started off that way. Um, so I don't know if I would consider those strange or weird because they're, to me, they were normal, but to other people, they could be considered weird. You know, we've had crucifixions on the show, so don't worry. I mean, most men don't think that getting kicked in the balls is a fun time. So, you know, especially, no. you know, with a six to eight inch stiletto, like that's like, what? Someone wants that. I'm like, then they'll pay a big money to have their balls kicked. What's the most money you've ever made from kicking someone in the balls? I made $18,000 in two days. Shut up. We're in the wrong field, Alice. I could totally kick someone in the balls. I'll even, I'll practice first. I'll do what I have to to make it an $18,000 ball kick. I'll do what I have to. Yeah. What made it an 18 grand ball kick? It was all that was involved in my time. It was a multiple Uh. session over two days. Nice. Is there a specific like way to kick a ball so that it will produce the amount of the sensation of pain without producing damage? Well, I'm sure there is, but it's not something I can, it can, you can't instruct somebody because it's really weird how balls are very unique to the individual. (laughs) They're all like snowflakes. So what one likes and what the other doesn't, sometimes they want to be kicked with the shoe. Sometimes it's the knee. Sometimes they full on want me to just punch them. There's torturing, twisting, you know, everybody's threshold for pain is different and where that pain and pleasure line is different. So, I mean, that's where I started. And I did that for a good six or seven years before I went into full hardcore. And I think I'm just unfazed by everything. (laughs) I've literally seen everything, you know, because I have eight brothers on top of this. So I've literally seen everything. You've You've heard every dirty, ridiculous, it. holy shit it. thing before. I've lived it. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God. Teenage boys, There's what happens in their mix of hormones that gives them that odor? I don't know. There's a lot of things you don't know what makes them do things. Yeah. it's And I don't think it's restricted to the teenage years. It's... No. <laughs> I'm 40 something years old and still trying to figure out what makes them, what in your hormones makes you think this is okay or right or normal? Like, stop that. I have a theory that we should be allowed a post birth abortion up to the age of 27. <laughs> At 25, you are still a shithead. And parents, I'm just saying, you don't get to like abort your four year old. They're still allowed to suck at four. They're four. They're not, they're not fully baked yet. When they get to oh, 25, if they're sorry. still a shitty human being. <laughs> It's that's how the global elites are doing it. It's the adrenochrome. Anyways, uh, if uh, you get to, I say, if you get to 25 and you're still a shitty human being and you don't have your, you don't have your shit together, you're making life miserable for at least one other human being. Your parents looking at you and go, TikTok. You got two years left to get your stuff together, or else that post birth abortion is happening. <laughs> that's that is my theory. I'm 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 a bad person though. I'm a bad person. Do you have kids? <laughs> Clearly, I do not, and I never will. And that's why that makes sense to you. No, no, like, do you think I would ever actually do that? No. No, you just send them to me. I'll get them in line. If that is the type of person that instead of a gender reveal party, she's like, surprise, it's an abortion. Like, I had a miscarriage two months ago, and I'm so glad because that would have cost a lot of money to get rid of. Ah. Let's have cake. Yeah, let's eat cake. Cake time. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm oh, fat, so there's I don't need a reason. <laughs> just oh, no, I just no one ever cake. needs. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So you're a humanitarian of the year. Ah. I would love to learn. Okay, so you're lending a hand to people and maybe not literally lending hands or maybe you are. I don't know what you do at your meet and greets, but I'd love to know what you're teaching or, you know, how you were able to get this title. Uh, not that I'm asking for a I- friend. <laughs> I don't really know. I was, I, I'm just a decent human being. 
Yay. So, and I said that in my speech, like, I don't really understand this title because you're giving me an award for recognizing me for being a decent human being. I don't feel like I'm doing anything that's abnormal. What I think it is, is in an industry that's very stigmatized, that people were perceived as not being, having a heart or being, we're robots. We're sex robots that perform on camera and that's it. We have, we're devoid of feeling and emotion. We're devoid of morals on all these things. I have done a very good job, I guess, over the, you know, especially the last few years of my career, showing the opposite of that, like proving everything. I'm Mother Teresa. Mother Teresa did porn. As somebody gave me a name. I can't remember what it was, but it was something funny like that where you're like, you're literally the Mother Teresa of porn or sex. The worst part is that Mother Teresa was kind of, in real life, a yeah. really shitty human yeah. being. So we need to get a better analogy. God. Yeah. Yeah. I, I forgot. I, it, it was a meme they sent me and they said, oh, you're literally this. How about the Princess Die of porn? She was charitable. I don't I love Princess Die. And, and Amberly actually calls me Popra. Porn Oprah. <laughs> Who's the type of good person who no one has any shit against whatsoever? Like Mr. Rogers is someone who people all love. But- no, I feel like everyone had something. Somebody had something against him too. So I feel what? like you can't, no. there's nobody who's immune to criticism. Tom Hanks? No, he's criticized too. He's part of the trafficking no. ring, remember? So, oh, that's bullshit. So, right, but that's what There's I'm saying, no you know? So it's like, it, it, I, and I and I realize that. It doesn't matter who you are. Someone is going to scrutinize and, you know, try to change the narrative of an accomplishment. But really the humanitarian thing was just, I think it's because the community I'm in, the BBW community, the plus size community, you know, I, I have financially stepped in for a lot of people. I don't talk about it, but people know, you know, my time is very valuable So, you know, when I take a couple hours to intervene in a suicide situation or I'm a very strong individual who's very, um, just get out of my way or I'm going to move you out of my way kind of person. So when people need something, they know they can come to me and I, in a crisis situation, I will, it doesn't matter what I'm doing. I'll stop it and spend four hours with that person if that's what's needed. And I, I think that people just saw that and was like, you know, who does that? Who's here doing that in this industry in general, let alone in our community consistently? I don't do things because Black Lives Matter and it's trendy this week. I'm doing this in October and I'm doing this in February and I'm doing this, I'm doing these things all year long. I'm just not broadcasting it on social media because to me that devalues it. It's not sincere and I'm not doing it for clout. Um, I do things for people. I step in when it's situations, especially where I thought this is what I want someone to do for me. You mentioned suicide. Is that pretty common in the industry? It's been a big thing, especially the last few years. We're so stigmatized. It's very hard to be in the public eye in this regard, be so vulnerable and constantly be a beat over. You know, you get your family and your personal life doing this. You know, a lot of us have been alienated from our families. You know, mental health is a real serious um, issue. I have, I mean, before I was... 30, I think I buried nine different friends from suicide. Oh my God. I mean, I lost a, one of my exes, killed himself. It's a very um, sensitive situation for me. And so when I, I think somebody is in a real, on a crisis situation, I, I stop what I'm doing. I will drop what I'm doing, be on the phone, be there in person, whatever, get resources. I'm not a person who gives out handouts. I evaluate case by case, you know, who's what, you know, I don't, um, celebrate holidays like Christmas and Thanksgiving. So I like to give in those to those who are in need at that time very generously because I've been blessed. You know, I haven't, I came from nothing. I grew up under poverty level, very, very, you know, poor welfare, all those things. I grew up that way. Um, so mm. I always look at people's situations thinking, what would I have wanted? What can I do? And now that I'm in a situation where my life is obviously very opposite of that, I can't not give back to people. And I believe in karma and energy. And, you know, if I don't put these things out there either, like I never want to go back to the life I had where I was raised. So I'm sorry. It's a kind of a deep yeah. and serious conversation. No, <laughs> I know no, it's not like we, fine. comedians. And in- <laughs> We're sitting here wrapped with what you're saying. Yeah. So that's, I think that's why the title came about. They've seen it for years. They created the title. I won the first one. Then I wanted to get in the second one. And I really didn't expect to because Amberly's doing, I, I think there's a lot of people doing a lot of things you know, I just think that people see my fans, especially who I work with, you know, and am talking to, I'm very interactive with my fans. They know like my heart is truly into these things. So yeah. You just, you seem like you're a really lovely friend. I go above and beyond for people I love and, and the industry. I love 
this industry, you know, it's hard to say I love all my colleagues, but I try not, I don't hate anybody. I can strongly dislike people. That you can mention. Yeah. Don't worry. We have colleagues. In, we have colleagues in SciComm who we only speak about in hushed voices after we're done recording. So we have those same feels as yeah, yeah. I feel you. I'm human. So I, you know, if I will be offended. I'll be hurt by people, but it doesn't ever bring out hate. It might bring out anger, yeah. but I try to always look at people's situations and I come from a place of understanding with everybody. So even when someone's having a bad day at the grocery store, I still try to give them the benefit of the doubt that I don't know what happened in there. Maybe their dog died that morning. Maybe they're in a big fight with their boyfriend. Or I, I try to give people the benefit of the doubt of where they might be coming from before I pass judgment and am reactive. And I try to be yeah. more responsive and less reactive. And that takes maturity. Yeah. Trying to remind myself that this person probably goes home as nice to their wife and family, as nice to, you know, whatever. Like, and and yeah. today they might have just had yes. their bad moment at me uh, out of, you know, thousands of good moments. It's like, yeah, lots of yeah. inhale, exhale. I try to just do that a lot. And I just think that, that you know, people recognize that. And, and I, I am a sensitive human being to, you know, not just people, but to animals. And I just, I think they just see it all around package. And that's how I got this yeah. title of, it's almost like, it's, I'm just a decent person. That's all. We got to find a different title than Mother Teresa though, because yeah. Mother Teresa was a mean, nasty lady. Like Mother Teresa used to give like, uh, use needles and be like, ah, oh, they're dying. Okay. Just so how do we collect checks again? Uh, <laughs> she would, yeah. They would no. literally rinse out needles with tap water and reuse Ew. them. Crap. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, she w- basically they wanted people to die in a. That's the comparison I, know, I, I was know. given. Just said, you're like Mother Teresa porn. I'm like, okay, well, whatever. I'm. We will find a better person. And if I Google Mother Teresa porn, I'll probably get it too. <laughs> I mean, we would say Gandhi, but he it's, he was way into giving underage girls enemas, which mm, that's a little that's, that's, that's weird. Yeah. That's a nine yet no yeah. no. <laughs> I heard he was testing himself. I'm not sure with what. Yikes. Um, like no matter who your hero is, no matter who you're, this person is untouchably good. There's some shit about them. And me too. I'm not perfect. And that's the other thing. I think people try to like, you know, again, my own community can be against me where they were just like, oh, supposed humanitarian. She's not doing what I think she should be doing. Everyone's problematic. I exactly. And I'm like, you know, I am not, I don't have to explain myself either. It doesn't matter how well I'm doing in the industry. It doesn't matter what you perceive me as in the industry. That's you. (laughs) That's what your perception is. Um, And so, you know, people have their own perceptions of me and then they think, well, if you're there, you should be doing X, Y, and Z, but you don't know me to know that I'm not doing certain things. They just sound ignorant. You don't know the truth. I have an idea. I think we can all agree on this is not problematic at all. I think we need to tear down all the Confederate statues and erect statues of porn stars. It's going to be way oh, better. Oh, I just figured it out. I figured it out. <laughs> I love it. You are. I just, I've just figured it out. Sophia, you are the Dolly Parton of porn. Oh my God. <gasps> Everyone loves Dolly Parton. She is universal. There you fucking go. I'm the Dolly Parton you of are, porn. <laughs> you are welcome. She is a living saint. Everyone like Republicans think she's, they own her. Democrats think she, they own her. Everyone, there is no one. The gays think they own her. The, everyone loves Dolly Parton. She is a wonderful person who teaches children to read. She is, she's perfect. I am not teaching anybody to read. But you know what? <laughs> I think one of your tits alone could teach the children to read. So I just, I, I give you that much credit. Thank there, you. Dolly Parton. So there. Okay, I'll take I it. I love this. I'll take it. <laughs> we're moving away from calling people Mother Teresa and we're going to call them Dolly Partons now. So now that the post-COVID world is here and things are insane, do you feel comfortable going back on set or are you just mostly focusing on your own stuff? I feel comfortable back on set because I did just shoot with browsers um, over the past weekend. Um, with the protocol in place, I do feel safe. So everyone's doing a COVID test before going on set, right? And there's no crew, at least with Brazzers, there oh. was no crew. It was me and just the male talent. We COVID tested 24 hours. Obviously there's the, you know, we don't police each other. So it's on an honor system that you're staying quarantined until you shoot, just like you try to yeah. you keep your test negative by staying safe. Um, with your sexual activity in between shoots and stuff. But um, so it's just an honor system. And in my case, just like I shoot, I shoot on a case by case basis. If I feel that this 
particular talent is too risky for me, then I want, I want to shoot with that person. But if I know who I'm shooting yeah. with and I've done a little bit of research and said, okay, you know, they're either this, they're that, I feel safe, then I have felt safe yeah. so far. I've only shot once post-COVID, or I don't even know if we're really post-COVID, but in the new yeah. in the new world, <laughs> I guess. Since COVID started, I think. Yeah, in the COVID yeah. world. I've only shot this once. I am shooting, I'm flying to Miami and shooting in October. I do feel safe. I feel safe flying. I feel safer flying and shooting than I do going through the casinos here in Las Vegas. That makes Ooh, sense, yeah. actually, especially because on flights, there uh, sp- several airlines are now getting very strict about enforcing masks. Masks, they've upgraded filters. I read an article somewhere that actually said that the air is actually safer than you think. And I'm like, you know, I'm really not that worried about it. I've read somewhere, and I could be mixing this up, that you're less likely to get it in the flight than you are in the in, terminal. The and I, yeah, it's, yeah. You know, If somebody out there is listening to this and they're, they're like, you're misremembering, please go ahead and fucking send me some hate mail. I, you know, I, I read a lot about this and I get a few things. Yeah, up. exactly. And I read a lot too. And I'm thinking, was it Apple news? Somebody sent me one. Given that everyone is masking up and they're doing what they can with filtration in there, uh, you're, it's just keep your fucking masks mm-hmm. on and pray that you're on a flight where everyone's got their mask yeah. on and do what you can to keep your mask on for the whole flight. I know it sucks. Yeah. Oh man. I just, I can't even imagine like what hasn't been coughed on in a casino, like even pre COVID, like, Oh yeah. Who hasn't just like emptied their lungs out on a penny machine. And it's that, and you're touching everything. It's just transmission super easy. So, Oh Yeah. I do feel safe with the post-COVID world we live in. It's just not, in the, even in the casinos. So I live in a house of 10 people. And with living with that many people, you have the potential for a lot of disease vectors coming in and out of your house every day. The fact that no one's gotten it yet and no one's brought it home is pretty shocking so far. Like, I was sure that we'd get it within the first month or so. Part of the reason we haven't, like half the people I live with are musicians, so they don't have jobs right now, <laughs> uh, which sucks. But a couple days ago, three of them went to a bar. And one of them decided that it was just totally fine for them to hug a bunch of strangers at a bar. No, oh, that's yeah. the deadliest person in there. No. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, here's the thing. It's one of the people, because we have a, a range of ages in this house from like 26, 27 on up to early 60s. It was one of the early 60 year olds who has a heart condition. I'm like elbow bumping people. Elbow bump, try to keep your distance, try to make sure everyone's masks are on, try to stay outside. I had somebody ask me when I was out was, can you take my picture here in front of the, you know, the Caesars forum or where we are? And I was yeah. like, uh, I know this sounds really weird, but I just don't, I don't want to touch your phone. I'm sorry. Like, I don't, that's perfectly normal. I'm like, like I'm sorry. Like I normally yeah. would, but I, I don't want to touch it. That's fine. But I think people find it offensive, but I'm just like, you don't understand. Like we live in this world today that it's, I, I'm not touching your phone. There are germs. Yeah. You know, you probably took that into the bathroom with you and stuff. Like, no, I don't want to touch your phone. <laughs> Yeah. Like our phones are probably one of few objects that we carry on us that if we have like, cause it's, it's not spread as easily through fomites, through touching things that other people have touched than it is through air droplets. But if it's on any surface, right. if it's absolutely right. on any surface that people carry, it's their fucking phone. Fun fact, the average smartphone actually has 18 times more bacteria than a public restroom. I believe it. <sighs> I believe it. And that's just, that's why I'm saying just in general, touching somebody's phone is disgusting because we all know, like we touch everything, our face, our phone, our touch, our nose, our our phone. We cough, touch our phone. Like everything is on our phone. And who has ever gone through the horror of getting to the bathroom to take a good long shit and realize, I don't have my phone for this? Yeah. There are droplets of everything on your phone. And we know how, what's the percentage of people that even wash their hands for that? Like you just like, and they're touching their phones, especially. Especially, especially a certain gender, <laughs> we know, does not wash their hands. And yeah, they're touching all kinds of things and their phones. I'm not touching your phone. I got to admit, I am. this is the first time I'm scared from an interaction that a housemate has had that I'm going to get COVID from them going out to just like to, and being in that close of contact with people. It's I, I have not been worried about it yet. Like I've been, you know, kind of existentially worried early on when we didn't know how it was spread, when we thought any breathing in or touching of anything could like every single we, day. None of us wanted to literally, we didn't want to open our door and leave our house because outside yeah. was like, we don't oh, know yeah. what the germs are. That's how I felt for like two months. We were still 
learning. Oh yeah, like it's and I mean I was doing live streams, uh, you know, once or twice a week to try to tell people, you know, update people on the news on it and whatnot. And I was very paranoid, and I'm like, don't go outside, cross the street if you see something. Like I was so like, you know, stay away from other people's air. If I went to the grocery store, I had an N95 with a cloth mask over it, and now I'm like, ah, eh, just a cloth mask with a filter's fine. Like I've gotten way less paranoid as we've learned uh, what's safe and what's not, and finding out that outside was really safe. Uh, like I've started shopping mainly at farmers markets and I've been like, mm -hmm. I've gotten less paranoid, but getting to this point where I'm far less scared. And then my father-in-law does the thing where he goes and hugs someone, hugs a bunch oh. of people. Now I had read somewhere since you're a scientist that they were saying that even the transmission could be in through your eyes now too. Oh yeah. Yeah. That is, is uh, that real? Is that accurate? uncommon, but like it's, yeah, it, it definitely can, but you generally would have to be in an environment where people are not wearing masks. Like if you're at a hospital, that's the most likely place where you're going to get it uh, through the eyes. Like you have to be in a place where there's a lot of the virus spewing uh, and nobody's masked up. So if you're in a place where it's a hundred percent mask environment, uh, you're good. But like the type of people who I would recommend wearing one of those, eye, those uh, plastic visor, shields, yeah. like if you're in, you know, working at the grocery store or one of the big box stores and you have to be around people all day and the air might get a little stagnant. It's not, you don't know how readily it's moving. Those are a great extra thing that you should put on uh, for that kind of job just to, you know, or if you're going to be out shopping all day, or if you're just going to be out, you know, around people all day and you don't know how good the ventilation is, that is a great thing to add on uh, just to make sure if someone, if someone does an extra strong cough and they're only wearing a bandana, that shit happens. Just anything you can do to kind of stop a spray of particle from hitting your eye because, yeah, that's a way it can get in. Is it just me? But every time I go outside, I feel like the biggest dick because I never have to cough indoors. But whenever I'm walking my dog, all of a sudden I'm like, why is my throat tingling? Why do I need a cough? And I'm like... I, I have nothing. And yet I end up coughing. And then everybody looks at me. I'm like, I didn't know. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. Oh, God. I was in the grocery store the other day. And all of a sudden, I had just this killer sneeze. And like, I, I you feel like when you sneeze or just even like a, a cough that's anything above like a throat clear, you look around, you're like, are they going to come hit me? Are they going to like, you know, you're waiting for them like to come pitchforks. Get the COVID out. Sophia's going to come over and smack someone with My her breast. breast. Yes. Oh, God. Yes. I'm allergic to the earth, literally the earth, the whole earth. <laughs> I think that if you're, if you have a dust allergy, since dust is 80% human skin cells, you can say that you're allergic to humans. I am allergic to humans too then. I sneeze and cough constantly. And I literally just, this is my new thing. I cough or sneeze and I say, I don't have COVID. I'm negative. <laughs> Those are my allergies. It's, it's, I can't avoid it. I mean, and I have, yeah. my mom got me for my birthday this year, a HIPAA filter. Nice. Aww. My husband just ordered she one. She got me this awesome Dyson and I'm like, mom, I love this thing so much that I want one in every room because it's so, because nice. it does really reduce so much of the dust to, to help oh, my yeah. breathing. Um, but good. she was just like, she good. goes, I just hear you have your sneeze fits. Cause I do, I'll be on FaceTime Aww. and I don't sneeze once or twice. I just sneeze like orgasm times, like eight they say after seven, you have an orgasm. I'm like, pretty much every time I sneeze, it's like 10. And I'm like, wow, oh, was geez. that good for you? <laughs> That's rough. Yeah. And that they just, really my allergies rough. get real bad. And I feel the same way. Like everyone's looking, but I don't really go anywhere. Everything I do is delivered. And right. I was doing this before COVID because I get recognized here in Vegas quite a bit. And I'm just, you know, it's not easy. So, and you're, I'm by myself. So I just don't like, and I've had two of my fellow tenants recognize me in my apartment complex. So then, you know, you just feel threatened where you live now too. Like, okay, are they going to yeah, see me walking to my apartment? Yikes, yikes, They'll know yikes. exactly what unit I'm in. So I don't want to leave my house because I don't want anyone to see me coming and going. Time to get a blonde wig and, you know, throw no, on that's a why glasses. I said low key. I kind of love that I'm wearing sunglasses and a mask everywhere I go because then I throw on my ball nice. cap and I pull my hair back. You're invisible. Unless they see that tattoo, they really don't know it's me. And I'm very conscious of all of it when I walk out the door. But I don't really... I'm one of those people that pretty much has stayed inside the whole time. I've been solo filming everything and, and I'm doing great by myself. So you just keep nice. thinking, wow, once I get back to normal boy girl again and updating all that onto my OnlyFans or whatever platform it's going to, I can't imagine the money I'll be making because I'm I, solo has been insane. I, and I, 
Yeah. It's been ridiculous how, how good it's been for solo work. One of my girlfriends, uh, Kate Kennedy, I, you know, we were chatting about how she was doing this. She's like, yeah, it seems like my OnlyFans is printing money doing solo right now. <laughs> so like, and that's been a, you know, case of, uh, you know, a few of our friends that are doing cam work right now. They're like, yeah, eventually the industry is going to open back up. But right now I can stay home, not worry about throwing condoms on and just put on some makeup and, and masturbate for a few hours and I'm fine. <laughs> Really quick, OnlyFans. So will it be dead eventually? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, what the, like, uh, I'm so fast horrified by everything that went on with that. I know. So followers of the TGOM Patreon page, we kind of uh, gave people on the page a high-level overview of what's been going on. So everything yeah. from OnlyFans owing anywhere between, like, $50 million to $100 million in back taxes oh, to them now potentially eventually kicking sex workers off because they're trying to go a mainstream route, which, by the way, if you don't know that OnlyFans is trying to go mainstream, just go on their Twitter. How Tell are- me, show me one sex worker that they've ever promoted. The answer is zero. Like, are they just trying to compete with Patreon now? I just, I don't understand it. Well, Patreon has not been sex worker friendly. I mean, it it was fine. And I guess too many of us got on there and they just didn't want us there. Oh, so one quick thing. Uh, We have a friend. So uh, Billy Presida, he actually told me that on Patreon, at one point he had a whole conversation with their support team on like what dick pics are and aren't allowed. So if he's erect, it's not allowed. But like if he's holding his dick in his hand and it's flaccid, I'm not sure if the head has to be covered or not. But if he's stretching it out, that's allowed as long as it's flaccid. It's weird. Patriots, your support, get your shit together. They like to everybody likes to make rules ambiguous so they have the right to kick you off. I have heard so many things about OnlyFans leaving, trying to get rid of us, the tax issue, blah, 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 blah. This is why I tell people in this industry to diversify your money. Do not go into one yep. platform. And I've heard platforms say you need to be exclusive to one platform. Of course, that's what you want to tell us. But <laughs> if your platform goes down, I'm fucked, literally, and not in a good way. And, and so I've always diversified my money. Obviously, OnlyFans is doing extraordinarily better than every other platform. And, you know, it's hard to want to push a different one when one is doing that good. It's not a, we're not talking about a thousand or two thousand dollar difference. We're talking about tens of thousands of dollars of difference. So it's hard to say, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm going to go throw this on this platform. It's like a complete waste of my time now. Yeah. So I just tell people to diversify that money, save it, save it when it's good. Like I've always done it, save it while it's good. Cause when it's not, and I've been through some recessions, I know <laughs> it's not, you know, you just got to run yeah. with this when you can. Um, but yeah, I mean, if it goes down, you need to be ready and everything needs to be organized and ready to go. I have everything on hard drives if it's not already on another platform. Did they reverse that decision to cap tips at a hundred and selling like picks and stuff and clips at 50? To be honest, I don't know. I sell okay. my custom clips at 250 to start and I am still getting four to five orders a day. So if that was, but that's why I was like, people are just making excuses for why they can't make money instead of just saying that their business model sucks. They want to blame somebody. I am still getting those same customs before this change. So why is it still working for me? My fans have the same restrictions, $100 and $50 for the same things, but they're making the effort and going ahead and tipping a second time and a third time to get to what or whatever, however many times it takes for the length of their custom. That's awesome. I didn't realize that they could tip more than once. Yes, yeah. even myself. So what I like to do is for the sex workers that I'm, I would say not on my, in my inner circle, but in my circle of friends that I'm close to, I like to join their OnlyFans in the month of their birthday and I go tip for their birthday. Nice. It will flag me as fraud. And I know that it's me, obviously. They have me verified and it's still, my bank will, Bank of America will have five or six declines for that transaction on Bank of America. So it isn't like, I feel like people are like, oh, it's just this person. It's it's everybody. We're all having the same problem. You just have to, yeah, it's a pain in the ass. I have to go in there and put in my validation code and start all over and do, and well, whatever. I want to tip the girl, so I'm going to tip her. So I just feel like it's some part of it is people just making excuses. This is an excuse for why I'm not making money when the reality is there's a way. There's a will, there's a way. It's just a little more work. Okay, we're doing it too. It's just, it sucks because there are those hurdles where, you know, you will continue after the, you know, decline bank transaction because you want to get it done. But what is the drop off for the average person who's just, who wants to buy and doesn't try a little extra and they harder? Don't and try. Unfor- yeah. Exactly. And it sucks because, like, I know, for example, there was one time where, 
gosh, early on doing this show, I wanted to show a porn to some friends at an apartment because that's totally the type of friend I am. You're uh, a good friend, Alice. A right. Good friend. It was a great scene I wanted to share. So I was so I was buying a clip. I forgot where I was buying the clip from. I think it was one of MindGeek sites and maybe browsers or something. And what ends up happening is I tried buying it like six different times with multiple credit cards. And then I oh. even got on the phone. And even then they were like, we got to put a 24-hour hold. And I'm like, I need to show this clip now. It probably flagged your IP address. Huh. Yeah. Probably. It was just really frustrating because as someone who wants to pay for their porn, institutions shouldn't put so many hurdles on adult content, which sucks. I think that's really our real next threat is the banking institutions because they're making it harder for us to just live and exist. And the people who put these restrictions on from the banking institutions, they all watch porn. It's because everybody wants to conflate the child, save our children, trafficking situation, which is horrific. I understand. But they try to mix that together with um, adult work that the two do not correlate. And so they just figure, they put us all into one one bucket and say, wipe it all out. You can take porn off the internet tomorrow. The child situation is not going to stop. That's not going to end. They're not Because porn goes away. They're they're trying to say it's all the same thing and it's not. So that's really where where this is all coming from. The banking problems, the platform, OnlyFans, the Earn It Act is fucking us all. Oh my God, yeah. I'm in talks with a lawyer to get him on the show so that way we could discuss the Earn It because it's so so unconstitutional. Mm -hmm. And by uh, unconstitutional, it's regarding unreasonable search and seizures and, you know, data protection and privacy. So we'll definitely go into that on a totally different episode. But yeah. We're headed to a censored government. I've said that before this president got into office and, you know, because of his own indiscretions, it's going to be something he's going to act like everyone's hero for because he doesn't, because he's an idiot. So... (laughs) (laughs) We're all paying for it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the worst part is like conservatives and liberals are going to like both like champion earn it and, you know, bring us in and be like, hey, we we accomplished something bipartisan, just like we did with SESTA-FOSTA. And then afterwards, we're all going to be like, why is this even more censored now than ever? And yeah, thanks everyone for Fucking us all together. We worked as a team. And they'll send the same form emails out to everyone in the industry when their people are emailing them saying, this is a bad idea. And they'll be like, thank you for your concerns. Here are the reasons why we're voting for this bill that you hate for good reasons. The government's the biggest hypocrite on the planet. Those people are some of my biggest fans. I have met them in person and they're out there making the laws <laughs> yep. that are going to get them in trouble. So uh, <laughs> I don't, yep. someone make it make sense. It doesn't, it never will. Um, hypocrisy is what it is. And it's whoever from whichever party stands up on day one of their campaign and says, Hey, I watch porn and I've hired sex workers and it was pretty good. And I think we should give them rights. They have my vote. I, they will have the entire industry will go after that person. I will campaign for them. Dude, if Ted Cruz tomorrow said that, I would be like, you know what? Is he that bad? Is he really the Zodiac killer, guys? I will vote for Raphael. I will vote for Canadian Raphael for whatever he wants. I'll be like, all right, Tom Cotton, fine. I will change my tune about you. Literally anyone. I draw the line at Tom Cotton, I'm just saying. Look, I'm just saying I will take any wins. I am desperate. I feel that a lot of us feel that way. A lot of us feel like we will take whoever is going to support us because we're our own community. Just like um, when gays wanted to, you know, get their rights and their voices heard, who was on their side is who they went and flocked to, right? It's the same for us. We're looking for the same things. You go for whoever's in your corner. I have a cousin who uh, works on, he's a lawyer and also a a businessman in the cannabis industry. He threw fundraisers for Dana Rohrabacher, the former uh, congressman from Southern California, who was a far uh, righty uh, who worked with Putin fairly directly. Uh, But you know what? Worked on marijuana legalization on a federal level. And so he threw him fundraisers. People work with a lot of different people you wouldn't expect when it's on legislation uh, that works for them. I mean, it's just going to impact so many people. So we have to, there's got to be some, and I just feel like all the politicians are just too corrupt and cowards to stand up. 
None of them will admit that sex is real. As soon as you get into office, you don't have a dick, or at least that's what you tell your constituents. Oh, no, they're all virgins. They don't have a dick. They, yeah. Everyone's a virgin. They have 2.7 children, and they're virgins with no dicks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like this is a great note to end on. <laughs> You dickless virgin politicians. Anyways, thank you for listening to Two Girls, One Mike. <laughs> so, Sophia, where can our listeners find more of you? On Twitter, it's at BBW Sophia Rose. It's S-O-F-I-A. And then on Instagram, I love Sophia Rose. OnlyFans backslash Sophia Rose. And obviously, my website is ilovesophiarose.com. And my links are on everything. <laughs> nice. My only nice official day, links. Don't be scammed. Except no substitution. Yes, there's there's only one of me, I promise. (laughs) And you guys, by the way, can find the show over at twogirlswithmike.com. Of course, we have bonus content, so head on over to patreon.com slash twogirlswithmike, where you could see the beautiful Sophia Rose in the full video interview uh, there, as well as we also have a PayPal if you guys want to support us one time. And I guess... uh, I don't know. We might start an OnlyFans after this. We're considering it. I need to find more time in my schedule. And I so and that's the thing. I know sex workers are managing like 57 different platforms. So I just need to find time to take on like a seventh one. Makes sense. There's just so much to do. So you guys should pay us for it. Uh, <laughs> and you guys can find the show at all the places on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at TGOM Podcast. But Yvette, where can people find you? Y'all can find me at the Cybabe on Twitter and Instagram and over at Facebook.com slash Cybabe uh, for my weekly installments of, of live streams where I'm delivering news on COVID in a quite snarky tone of voice. And of course, Alice, where can our listeners find you? Guys, you can find me at Rational Blonde on Twitter. But other than that, please find me here every single week because I have not moved from this chair for the last six months. Mm, right. Mm, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, thanks for tuning in. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.